Welcome to Conversations with Aunt Sylvia, a podcast, episode two on language. In this episode, I'll be calling Aunt Sylvia and talking to her about Jamaican Creole. In her author's note in her novel, she wrote, As I went further into the narrative, I found myself in a language crisis and, as usual, the thorny issue of Jamaicans and our language reared its head. I struggled with this issue over many rewrites. However, I came to my final position after I wrote a paper called Finding the Authentic Creole Voice in Caribbean Literature and submitted it as a part of the requirement for my MFA degree. This paper led me to the decision to try to cover the entire Jamaican language continuum in this novel. Therefore, the road to Timnath is told from several narrative perspectives and in different voices. The dictionary definition of vernacular is the language or dialect spoken by the ordinary people in a particular country or region. It is the language or variety of a language used in everyday life by the common people of a specific population. What is a lingua franca? A lingua franca is known as a bridge language. It's a common language, a trade language, or vehicular language, or dialect, systematically as opposed to occasionally or casually used to make communication possible between people who do not share a native language or dialect. In particular, when it is a third language, it is distinct from both native languages. Jamaica's motto is out of many one people, so I'm going to call Aunt Sylvia and see what she has to say about this. Hey, Aunt Sylvia. Hello, my dear. How are you? I am wonderful. Is it very cold up there? Yes, it is, rather. I have my heat on. (laughs) I know. I guess the winter is upon us. So listen, I was uh, telling our listeners that uh, you decided to write a good portion of your book in Jamaican Creole, and I was talking about vernacular and lingua franca. So I was hoping that you could talk to us about the origins of Jamaican Creole so our listeners can understand a little bit more about why you wrote your book the way you did. Okay, I'd be happy to do that. Um, In the simplest um, terms, Jamaican Creole, commonly called Jamaican Patois, came into existence mainly because of contact. Some of it forced contact, but it came about as a result of the coming together of Europe and Africa initially, and then Asia. So the invaders of the Caribbean came speaking their own mother tongue. In the case of Jamaica in 1655, the English invaded and took the island from the Spanish. But the Africans were already there and the Taino were the the people who were there initially. They hadn't all disappeared. Most of them had. But as slavery was established, 
and Africans were taken from all over Africa. They had no language in common because it, part of the policy was to separate the slaves who knew each other so that they couldn't plot to overthrow the system. So the language began initially as a pidgin, a language of contact. You know, a pidgin comes about in a situation where people who speak different languages are um, forced to be together and they need to communicate. So usually they just use the most, most basic aspects of language, verbs and nouns and so on. But eventually, as children were born into the situation, they became first language speakers of this pidgin and it continued to develop over time to develop its own rules some of the rules um, borrowed from the Scottish, English uh, Irish overseers who were on the plantations they spoke their own dialects of English and of course the many African languages that were present also influenced the language. So over time, it became more complex with its own rules. And later on, after slavery, the Chinese, the Indians, they also came, the Lebanese, and they also added to the language, especially where the vocabulary is concerned. So you have words like pak choy or pak cho, as we say in Jamaica, which you know, a word like that is Chinese in origin. You have words like sofa and pajamas. These are Indian words. We still have retentions from the Taino. So we have words like hurricane. And even the word for Jamaica is originally a Taino word. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but they call the country something like Zaymaka, land of wood and water. So that's how the language evolved and the africans were particularly influential especially shui speakers shui speakers from what is modern day ghana we still have many of their words in usage words like doti doppi kren kren dokunu and the vocab of the language has ex uh well i didn't mean to talk about vocab. Um, the sentence structure is um, very African and uh, the way we do things like how we make plurals. We don't add an S or an EN. We add a word. So if it is one child, it's picnic. If it is more than one, we say picnic them. And so on. So that's how basically how the language came into existence. Yeah, that's very interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about how the language intersects with Jamaican culture? Now, that's an interesting question because the Jamaican Creole is at the root of our culture. And the best aspects of our culture come from the people who are considered uneducated our music is um world renowned world respected and reggae came straight from the hearts of the urban poor our mental music came from the peasants 
much of what is known of Jamaica comes from people who speak Jamaican Creole. But yet, ironically, the language is not considered a prestigious language. It is considered the language for informal settings. It is not considered the language for intellectual discourse or for business or for science or anything like that. Yet it is a language spoken by most Jamaicans. Okay, good segue into my next question. Can you talk for the rest of the time about why you chose to write so much of your book in Jamaican Creole? I'd be happy to do that. Um, I knew I was taking quite a chance when I decided to do that, but I couldn't see my way around it because I was writing about um, I was writing about characters who speak the language, and I didn't think I could do them justice if I acted as some kind of interpreter for them. I felt very strongly as I wrote that these characters had a right to be seen and heard as themselves. So I felt like that was the only thing I could do because I was raised by Creole speaking Jamaicans and I, they were not comic strip characters. They were fully developed they, well, some of them are still alive. They are fully developed people who hold their thoughts in Creole and they speak about deep and profound issues using the Creole. And I believe that they are worthy of respect and they have a right to appear on the printed page as themselves. feedback have you gotten from your readers about the book and how it's written well i've had very interesting feedback mixed i would say for the people who have taken the trouble to read the book i have had i would say 99 percent positive response but i have met res- resistance i've had people tell me almost with pride that they can't read it because it is in Creole, the first seven chapters and several other chapters later on in the book. And I find that response particularly revealing, but it is not strange because I do believe that many of us still struggle with self-acceptance, especially those of us who come from the peasantry and have emerged from that setting through education. I think many of us still struggle with a sense of shame about our origins because we were told that the language was not we were actually told that the language is broken English and if you're trying to emerge from poverty through education you don't want to speak a language that is broken so I understand that it just so happens that that is not true and I find it interesting that Creole speaking people say with pride that they can't read Creole And I often find myself wondering if they would have the same pride in saying that they can't read English. You know, Mm, there's much much work to be done. Absolutely. And and are there any resources that you would direct our listeners to if they wanted to find out more about Jamaican Creole or hear it 
in its truest form? Absolutely. There's a poetry of Louise Bennett. She has a collection called Jamaica Labrish. There's a poetry of Mutabaruka. There's a poetry of Oku Onura. Linton Kwesi Johnson, these are dub poets. There are other modern poets. I'm afraid I don't know them as well as I should. Um, there is a body of work, the Jamaican pantomimes. Some of them are archived on, you can get bits and pieces. There are other writers who are writing in Creole. For example, in recent times, Marlon James won the Man Booker Prize, the first Caribbean person to win this prize for his novel, A Brief History of Seven Killings. And he does write significantly in urban, particularly urban Creole. So I'm not the only person writing in Creole, but I believe perhaps that I am, I am perhaps the one person who has written so much in what we would call the deep rural um, Creole, the, the speech of my elders. And I chose to do that because these people, they are literally disappearing and taking with them the best of the language. And I feel a sense of urgency that I must document them before they are gone forever. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was saying I agree with you wholeheartedly about the preservation of, of our, our memories and our history. You know how I feel about history. Well, there you go. And there are some excellent books available for those who really want to study the language. There is Jamaica Talk by Frederick Cassidy. There's a dictionary of um, Jamaican English by Frederick Cassidy and R.B. Lepage. And there is also an excellent book that deals with Jamaican heritage. It's actually called the Encyclopedia of Jamaican Heritage by Olive Senior. That's a very good book. And the Jamaican New Testament now exists. It's called the Patwa Bible. And, really? Yes. And my friend Joanne Richards Goff reads from the Patwa Bible, and many of her readings can be found on YouTube and on her Facebook page, Joanne Richards. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. So, so to wrap up, I, I think you gave our listeners some really, really good sources of information. I hope that they'll take advantage of that and, and check them out. And it was really wonderful speaking to you tonight. I hope you stay warm in this cold weather. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Take care. Well, thank you for calling. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.